Welcome to Breaking the Underdog Curse for Chiropractors. I'm your host, Dr. Don McDonald, author of the best-selling book, The Underdog Curse. We give vitalistic chiropractors a chance to learn from the best around the world, discovering how they overcame their challenges and achieved success. In order for chiropractic to thrive, we must have thriving chiropractors. Now listen up, it's time to crush the curse. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Breaking the Underdog Curse for Chiropractors. This is Dr. Don McDonald, and I'm heading down to New York, New York. <laughs> and I get to speak with my next guest here, which was really cool because I, I got to meet him for the first time face-to-face um, at a bar. Imagine that. Imagine that. In Davenport, Iowa, this summer in August. Uh, coming back, I went back for, it was going to be my 20 year reunion, um, but nobody showed up, but I think, it was, <laughs> but I think it was Dr. Otto was, I think it was 25. My 25th. Yeah. 25th. Yeah, it was. So, um, welcome Dr. Otto Jenke to the podcast. Thank you, Dr. Don McDonald. That's cool. So I, I know you'd met my wife and my, and, and actually Brandy told me more about you because I, I'd sort of seen you on Facebook, but I didn't know about that much stuff that, that you'd been doing, but, um, I know you're a 1992 grad from Palmer, which was amazing. Pisiform University. Pisiform University. <laughs> you can see in the video he's doing the Pisiform move. Um, and, uh, and he's been in practice. And where in New York are you practicing? I'm in a small rural town in upstate New York, south of Syracuse. It's called Cortland, New York. And we're famous for our Cortland apples and the home of SUNY State University of New York at Cortland. Um, and that's what we're... And uh, the home of uh, uh, Ronnie Dio, who was one of the greatest metal singers ever. Ah, there you go. That's why before the call, when we were moving the computer around, you're singing to me, you're serenading me, and, and uh, I thought we should use that as the intro music. <laughs> That'd be great. Do whatever you want, man. Be... Live another dream. I think that was what you are singing. Just another dream. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and you're also on, on uh, the New York uh, Chiropractic Council, right? I just, uh, my tenure ended a short time ago, um, and I did, I can't tell you how many years, not that long, but uh, maybe six or seven years with them, uh, and my tenure was up, and I gotta tell you, the only step up for me would have been to be the president, and um, because many organizations that I join, I'm not afraid of a leadership role, so I'm more than happy to take those on, usually by default, as you can imagine, by many organizations, Yep. Um, but I... I didn't want to put the time and energy into that because yep. I wanted to put the time and energy into growing other things. And uh, not that the council isn't advantageous or important. It's just that, you know, you, you can, you can build that thing over there or, or build the monument you want in your front yard. And so I decided to build a monument in my front yard. Well, I think that's probably a pretty key point because I know a lot of people in leadership positions um, knew they should probably have left a year or two ago yeah. And then they stay on and then they get all burnt out and resentful and it wrecks everything else they're doing. Yeah. And the other time and energy, and it's, it's, it's a, it's a fantastic organization that uh, uh, needs to step forward in a number of ways. And, and they're doing those things. It's just that for me, it was, it was the opportune time to get out to do other things, but, uh, and I'm sure we'll talk about those things. Oh, hundred percent. So like, I kind of like the full spectrum graduated 1992, uh, wonderful practice, 
Um, and then you get back to the community, but then I also see on Facebook, you're doing some cool stuff with, uh, researching HRV, which we'll get into all that stuff. Sure. Absolutely. That Love that stuff, man. So, so let's first of all, uh, start off with, uh, how did you become a chiropractor? How did you get into this crazy profession? Awesome question. And, uh, this is, uh, so I have to tell the story is that, um, my brother Kirby, who is a, he's a chiropractor in skinny Atlas, New York, which is just, uh, 30 miles, 40 miles away from here. Uh, he's a physical therapist also. So he's a doctor of chiropractic and doctor of physical therapy. He was in Santa Barbara uh, as a physical therapist. And I was living in Las Vegas and I wasn't, I was just living in Las Vegas. I was actually. Uh, Were you singing? I, Were you singing? Uh, not intentionally. <laughs> no, I, uh, I was actually, I, I put this on my resume. I was a night manager at a thrifty car rental. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I know. The chicks, chicks dig that stuff. Uh, you know, the jobs you have. I mean, you know, one job I had, I, 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 uh, I, painted, I painted fire hydrants for a summer. Another job I had, I measured, I measured sewers, and that was my job. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you do, you know, do what you got to do. So yeah, I'm, in, yeah. I'm in Las Vegas, and my brother, who's a physical therapist, I'm kind of wondering what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. And I thought about going to nuclear, uh, medicine, nuclear radiology, only really quite frankly, to be honest with you, because it sounded really cool. Yeah. But uh, my, brother, my brother says, you don't want to do that. I said, why? He says, because you're going to have to take an x-ray or a scan, a, a guy who's on a motorcycle accident at 3 o'clock in the morning when he's writhing in pain on the table, and you have to do it again because he's writhing in pain on the table. I said, I don't want to do that. He says, yeah, you don't want to do that. <laughs> he said, you should be a chiropractor. I said, I don't know what a chiropractor is. He said, you should be a chiropractor. He goes, you're going to love it. You're going to be great at it. And um, I went to the library. I used to go to the library a lot when I lived in Las Vegas for three reasons. One is because uh, my buddy Frank and I couldn't afford to run the AC all the time because we didn't make a lot of money. And you need the AC to be in Vegas, especially in the summertime. So we didn't run the AC a lot. So I used to go to the library. It was always cool. Uh, I went there also because I could read any book for free, any magazine for free, and that was fantastic. I, I inhale uh, information. And the third is, I, quite frankly, is I could take a nap anytime I wanted to. So uh, for, me, that's, for me, that's three for three. And so I went there, and I looked up chiropractic one day, uh, and they, I, I, can't, Don, I can't even tell you what the book was or uh, what I was really looking at, but I was looking up chiropractic, and I, I found a page, and it was two sentences and I, I do this, I talk about this in many talks of mine, but uh, those sentences are people that come in your life that dramatically, all of a sudden you're going forward, all of a sudden you go like, holy crap, left hand turn coming up, hold on. And it was that, it was two sentences. One is that we are the most over-medicated and most over-surgery country in the world and we're not the healthiest. That stopped me right there and I went, huh, that's exactly the way I feel. And I was in my early 20s at the time. Yeah, and the next sentence is what next sentence is what stopped me, and it was um, that everything we've ever needed to be our healthiest is locked in us. We have to unlock that for our full health potential. I took that book, slammed it shut, and said, "Son of a bitch! Someone else feels the same way that I do." It was at that moment I became a doctor of chiropractic. The schooling, the schooling was going to be didn't matter what it was. I was going to go do that and crush it. Uh, because I'd found my gang. I found my gang and I'd never felt like that before where I was like, holy crap, someone else. And I had felt this way for years, you know, for maybe a decade or so. 
as a teenager, I thought about these, these same two sentences. I went, holy shit, someone else feels the same way I do. So I had to go back and squirrel through that book again and find out the reference where it was. And it was from Palmer College of Chiropractic. Uh, I wrote down that their, um, their phone number, the toll-free number, because we at that time I, we couldn't afford long distance. Uh, you can imagine. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I went. I wrote down their number. Literally hopped back to my uh, my apartment and called uh, called them up and said, "Hi, this is Otto Janky. I want to come to your school. Send me everything you have." And they said, "Well, you know, what are you doing?" I said, "No, just send me everything. I'm coming to your school." And uh, from there, that was in like the spring or so of, I couldn't tell you what year it was, but by the fall, I was back at, at SUNY Cortland taking physics, chemistry, organic chemistry, anatomy, physiology for a year. Uh, and then probably about the next year or so, uh, I, was, I, was at, I was at Palmer. That is cool. And so, and so you, had, you had to get student loans then, obviously, right? Because like, how, how did you do that when you went from having no money to be able to get into a chiropractic school? Got took student loans out. Um, wait, well, let me go back. Let me go back one step. So mm-hmm. this is the cool part. How, why my brother said I should become a chiropractor is because he was a physical therapist. So my brother was in high school and he was skiing and he wiped out as people do when they're skiing. He wipes out and he has a massive, massive headaches, migraines. And so much they're debilitating. They, they mess up with his equilibrium. And so my mom, with the best information she had at the time, sends them to our family MD who gives them, you know, horse tranquilizers and they do nothing for him and they just sedate him and make him, you know, of course they don't do anything. So he goes into, and it's kind of funny because the guy's house is, the, the house is the kitty corner. It's over there now. And I've become great friends with the son and the grandson. I uh, went to uh, this guy named Dr. Schaub who was in town and he, my brother walks into his place and says, I need to be seen. Dr. Schaub examines him, takes his, 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 his axis, takes the C2, takes it from the left over here to the right. My brother says it sounded like a thunder, a thunderclap. And he says, almost instantaneously, his migraines decreased dramatically. Uh, and he went like, he went literally said, holy shit, you know, how come no one told me about this? So he went through the whole process of getting pissed off. Um, amazingly, is uh, Dr. Schaub's son, Tim, uh, is a friend of mine, and his grandson, uh, Tristan Schaub, is, hey, a, yeah. is, 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 is a good good buddy of mine. I just saw him, just had uh, a dinner with him last week. And uh, so those guys have become a friend of mine. I, I actually, uh, when I spoke at the New York Lyceum, uh, at, uh, at Giuliani's uh, gig in Rochester, uh, Tim was in the front row and I had to tell that story. And I said, I want to thank your family for being in practice, for allowing me to be in practice. Because without you guys, I wouldn't be here. It's, it's funny how the world, uh, you know, I'm in practice because my brother is a, is a bad skier. I mean, so that's kind of weird shit, you know? Yeah, no, and not only that, like so many different things had to happen in order for that to happen. Isn't that just weird? It had to be this, 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 this. He had to go walk past that guy and go, you know, because there's other chiropractors in town at the time. He had yeah. to walk past that guy and it influenced him so much to do this. Then, you know, it's just all that stuff. And you go like, uh, the, the universe had conspired for me to be a chiropractor. That's and you go like, cool. That's the, it's the weird thing, you know, it's weird shit. That's awesome. So, so you head out to, well, yeah, obviously, like I said, we have to get some student loans because we always talk about the bad thing about student loans, but the good thing about student loans is you can actually go to school. <laughs> I can you. go, I can go to school without them. There's been no way. Um, yep. My parents were, my father was a, a professor at a business professor at the local community college. My mom was the 
was the uh, so we call we call it li- the lady in the office, but she was um, uh, the secretary to a principal at elementary school. They did they did okay. We were probably lower middle class. There's no possible way they could have written a check or anything like that. So I took that on myself, of course. Yeah. And so, uh, what did you when you went to Davenport? Tell me about when you first saw the school. Uh, what what how did what was that? How did that feel? And what was that experience like? Well, let me ask you: How many colleges did how many chiropractic colleges did you apply to? Uh, to no one, only one. Yeah, me too. If um, <laughs> I was I was living in living in Las Vegas, and uh, if I had not gotten into into Palmer, then I would have moved to here's weird weird stuff too. I would have moved to New Zealand because my buddy and I we both worked the night shifts on on our jobs when in, uh, in Vegas. And so we'd get home at like midnight, we'd hang out for a little bit and we'd go out at two, three, two, three o'clock in the morning because it was Vegas, you know, you could do that. Yeah. And so we used to watch, we used to watch a show called This Is New Zealand. It was a big promo thing. And so I said, if I don't get into Palmer, then I'm going to work for a year, save up $5,000 and then move to New Zealand. And you know why? I have no idea. I mean, so, but um, yeah, I have no idea. But I, I loved, I loved Davenport. Um, I, I mean, I've lived in many places in uh, the States and uh, people are cool no matter where you live. Yeah. Uh, and, and I love the whole, I love the whole uh, aspect of being on the river, being in the Midwest, you know, being in, in hog country. You know, I, I love that. Um, my very first test at Palmer, I believe was in uh, biochemistry and um, I failed it. And I said, Holy crap. I said, I went, holy shit, man, I am so over my head. It is incredible. And I really doubted myself for a while. And my first trimester, my first year, I think, I ended up with a 2-2. And I had never had anything like that ever in my life. I think my first trimester was a 2-2. And I was, uh, Don, I got to tell you, I thought I was massively over my head. And I thought about uh, packing it in. Wow. Was there, was, was there something that clicked for you that, that, that made you not pack it in or did you just kind of keep hanging in there until the feeling slowly went away? <laughs> until, until, <laughs> until, the, until the, yeah, until the pain went away. Uh, uh, or, or I just got used to the pain. Yeah. Um, uh, my mom and my dad had always been in my rocks in my life. And my mom was always someone who, you know, we never had any kind of concern. You called mom up and uh, talk with mom. And uh, she said, well, just, you know, keep on doing it. Um, and, uh, I just did. And so you get better at it. You get better at studying. Um, cause you know, you're doing 30, 30 credits at a time. And that was overwhelming. I had no, I had no idea I was going to do 30 credits at a time. Yeah. Uh, and so you do it and I got better at it and you find out why you're still there. And, uh, you move into find things there that you, you, you associate with and are good at. And there's some things at school I wasn't obviously good at, and the basic sciences were not, which is kind of funny because I read more about neurology now than I ever have in my life. But you do that, and then you, you put yourself together. And uh, actually, I, I end up graduating with honors in research, which is ironic for me. But uh, you know, oh, That's that. cool. It's funny. It's sort of as you learn more things, your values change and your interests change. and then Dramatically. Skills change. Because if you like doing something, you're obviously going to get better at it. Much better, much better. And then I had to find what I was really good at there. And uh, yeah, I hung, out, I hung out with guys who were, you know, like the valedictorian and stilatorians of, our, of my class. And I'm, I'm going like, like, these guys are pulling, you know, fours and I'm, I'm struggling to get a two five. I'm like, what the hell am I doing here? 
Yeah, yeah. And it was, it was obvious is that I wasn't, I wasn't good at the studying part. Uh, and there was, there's aspects of chiropractic that I'm, I'm really, really good at. And there's aspects that I'm not good at. And we have to realize that and, uh, you know, uh, ride our strengths and uh, minimize our weaknesses. That's cool. So, so you graduate and uh, once you graduated, did you uh, go right back to, to opening on your own or did you start as associate or how did your career start? I started working for a company that had 50 clinics and I was the newest piece of meat in their, in one of their clinics. And their whole idea was to run up the insurance as much as possible for the first number of adjustments or visits, not even adjustments, but visits to the office. And they would do that until the insurance ran out. And then you was a half-assed maneuver to try to convert them to a cash patient, which really ever worked. And so you were working hard to get new patient, new patient, new patient, new patient. And I learned so much how I never wanted to practice. I learned how I never wanted to practice. And that's a lot of information. But I learned that early on and I learned like I never wanted to, I didn't want to do that. And so I was doing a, doing a talk in Akron, Ohio earlier this year. And the docs, this one doc was telling me how he was at getting, just do you get a month? I said, I said, I don't know, about eight, nine, 10 a month. He said, that's it. I said, yeah, but they stay with me for years. And he said, they do what? I said, they stay with me for years. I said, matter of fact, I'm, I'm, I'm pissed that my, my PVA is, is as low as it is. And my PVA is like six times greater than the national average, you know? Yeah. But I said, I think, I think mine should be well into the triple digits and it's not yet. And he's, he's looking at me like, you, you what, what? He says, I get 30, 40. He says, tell me he's got 30, 40 new patients a month. And I said, that's exhausting, man. You have no idea how quickly you're burning your staff out too. And he looked at me, he said, <laughs> He said, I never thought about that. He said, I thought I was a new patient machine. I said, if you're a new, pa- I said, if you're a new patient machine, then you got to realize that it should be in a real short period of time that you have to put locks on your doors because you can't, you know, have any more room. And he said, no, we always need 30, 40 new patients. I said, that's because you're losing 30, 40 new patients a month too. Mm-hmm. And he, just, he just stopped. And I said, I said, I want, I want to be your your trusted advisor in chiropractic for the next 70 years. And so I've set up my practice to be that way. Wow. That's cool. So how did you switch from that? So how long were you doing? How long were you in this, uh, in this group of offices uh, before you, you, you made your exit? Uh, a real short period of time, about two years. Um, it was obvious to them, to the ownership and to me that I was not a great fit for, for them. And so I moved down the street, took the whole practice, moved down the street, then, uh, two years after that, I moved up to uh, my hometown and uh, started to practice there. But it, it was so you go through you go through you go through waves in life. You go through waves in practice. And so there was there was a time when I did not. I, I, when I came out of school, um, I thought piezoforms literally shot out. Um, you know, electricity shot shot out of my my piezoforms. Thought I could have the uh, main the lame walk, make the deaf see, make the deaf hear, in the in the blind see, because that's what I. That's what I thought. And then you get into practice and you get disillusioned because people, you don't get miracles every single time, although you're taught miracles all the time. It's not that they don't happen. It's that they don't always happen on your time frame as if freaking healing has a time frame. Right. <laughs> and, and, uh, and so 
I got, got disillusioned. And for there was years when I didn't talk about subluxation at all. Mm. And then I, quite frankly, I got, I was in practice and I'm talking with docs and I said, this is all my practice. They said, how come you don't talk about that? I said, well, because and they said, so what do you talk about? I said, I have no idea, quite frankly. And I, I used to see my practice ran primarily on, um, on personality. And I understand a lot of practices start that way, but you can't, you can't get into longevity, which is my whole practice. My whole life is based on longevity and you can't do that. Uh, you can start off with that and that can be the top the tip of the iceberg, but that massive part below the water has got to be based upon so many other things. And so I got to be a, now I only talk about subluxation adjustments, uh, longevity optimization and, uh, and, and that you've been around for the next 70 years working and just rocking. And so that took education that took, um, failing in practice for a while. And it took, uh, why I went to chiropractic college initially and reading those things over and over again in my, uh, in that, in my head over and over again. Tell me a little bit about the failing part. Cause like uh, a lot of, I know a lot of people listen to the podcast, they might not be failing, but they might just feel like they're just plateaued or they're just stuck at a certain area. And I was wondering if you can go back to maybe an area at a time when you were kind of feeling like that and, and what were some of the things that transpired to get you out of it? Uh, I had a couple big steps in my practice. Um, one is um, 2005 when both of my parents died, mm. they died six months apart. And that, then in 2006, my dog dies early on. And I, and I gotta tell you, Don, I, I thought it was me. And so there was a time in practice when I, I'll be real straight with you and tell you, I didn't give a shit about practice. Mm-hmm. I showed up, uh, my body showed up, but my mind and my heart did not show up in practice. And uh, I, about a year later, I, all the people were still with me. I, I, I apologized to them and I th- thanked them for still with me. And, I, and they said, what are, you, what are you apologizing for? I said, because I wasn't the best doctor I could be. And they're like, are you freaking kidding me, dude? Both your parents died in six months. Of course you're not going to be. I said, thank you for being with me during that time. Mm-hmm. So it took a time when, in that in which I, I didn't care. Uh, if my practice had closed, I, I wouldn't have cared at that time. Uh, then it, it took me to uh, right the ship on that. Uh, I'll tell you I, how I did that was deciding I was going to do that. And then I happened to hear Guy Reekman speak one morning and um, I went up to him after he spoke. I, I gave him my business card. And I said, you're going to need help uh, promoting chiropractic. And I thought and I said, holy shit, I'm back. I'm back. Here I go. And then, you know, and then you got to work your way back. Once you're down the hole, you got to work yourself back up again. So um, it was that. But, you know, it, I've had many times in my practice. I've been in practice for 26 years. So it's not every single year is not a better year than the one before. And if it is, God bless you. I'm proud of you. But for me, that's just, that's not the way it's happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've looked back and said, what's my focus? What's my love? And here's a crazy thing about that. Many docs don't, don't talk about, about themselves is what are my strengths? What am I really good at? What am I really, really good at? For instance, accounting, I stink at. Although I, I'm great with numbers, I hate accounting. I'm with you. <laughs> uh, so, so I farm it out as much as possible. It saves me so much time, energy, and you know, frustration. You got these other people over here. You know, Don, there's people out there who like doing that stuff. I don't even know what that even means, but they like doing that stuff. <laughs> and so for me, that's, that's awesome. But I love talking about communicating, leading, 
and um, uh, promoting idea that you can be around for the next 60, 70 years, just rocking with longevity. But you could only do that with a nervous system that is freaking optimized, that you can only do that. I don't care how much you exercise. I don't care how much you, what you eat. You can only do it as a foundation with a, with a nervous system that absolutely rocks. And so that's what I talk about in my practice all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I read about that all the time. So when other docs are reading about some other stuff in the wintertime, because we're going to have a couple of cold days in the wintertime, I go find out what the guys who are serious about neurology, who are geniuses at that. And I go read the books that they've written or the ones they read. And so I keep on, I keep on stoking the fire for me over and over and over and over about that. And I absolutely love that. Cool. Now let's go to the other aspect of it too. I'm sure you've had times where maybe your practice blew up and things got super busy and maybe you got outside of your comfort zone, comfort zone on the success side. And did you ever find yourself either sabotaging yourself or getting burnt out? Uh, burnt out. Yes. Uh, and that was because uh, I had lost my way and I'd lost my focus. And there was a short time ago, 26 years in practice, I, I talk about this all the time, that's probably hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of dollars, I have pissed away on stuff that, was, that took me away from my, my gifts. Yes. And, and the hundreds of thousands of, we were, I was with, um, I had this account, I was accountability group. We said, what were, your, what were your biggest wins last year? But what were your biggest failures last year? And let's, let's talk about those. Everybody wants to talk about how, how big their flag is and how high they wave it. Let's talk about the times when you, when you freaking screwed up terribly. Let's talk about those. Because no one wants to talk about them, but let's talk about those. So we talked about them. And uh, the time, probably know, $100,000, $200,000, I pissed away on, on some stuff that started taking me away from, the, from that bullseye there. And you look back at it and you're like, why did you, why'd you do that? Why did you do that? What a waste of time, energy, focus. And ugh. And so you got to learn from that. And so if from 2018, it's like, okay, we're going to start doing this again, doing this again, doing this again, and not lose the way. And so anytime I've, had, I've been burned out is because I lost my way. I, I, took, my, I, took, my, I took my eye off the, off the bull, bullseye. And for my, my practice is very, very simple. It's we talk about chiropractic, about adjustments, optimization of the nervous system, and that being the foundation of the pyramid of health. And this is what you have to do. Um, and that was, I, that's been burned out a couple of times. And, uh, and any other time self-sabotage, it's because I lost, I wouldn't say it's self-sabotage, but I started taking on things that were not going to progress my practice. Mm-hmm. And I see a lot of docs do that. And if you want to do that, fantastic. For me, it does not help my practice whatsoever. And so there's the bullseye. That's, that's the bullseye. What about this? No, the shiny things over there can stay the shiny things over there. That's the bullseye. That's the bullseye. And by the way, you and I both know that can many, be many different things for each, each doc. So yes. If we have 10 docs, it's going to be two, 10 different things. Um, so here's – I talked to Brandy about this one time. Is that in my practice, I don't see, I don't see many – and in pediatrics, I don't see many kids. We see kids all the time, but we don't, our practice is not set up, nor is it, um, it's not set up to, to see a lot of kids. I love seeing 35, 40 above those, those age groups. Yep. And I love, I love to see women who have probably been through a couple of surgeries or on a couple of medications who are frustrated, who are willing to shop there, there, there for their, their vitamins, their nutrients. 
man, that's, that's my, that's my target market. Those are my ideal practice members right there. And so I got chastised by some doctors saying, listen, you don't see kids. I said, it's not that I don't see kids. Is that not my target market, man? Right. Say so like, well, how, how could you, how could that be? I said, well, let me ask you a question. How many people, how many people do you have over 50 in your practice? And they said, well, very little. I said, well, why not? I said, well, here, cause here's the thing. First of all, they're the ones who got the freaking money, you know, yeah. they got the time. Well, they're uh, humans too. They need care too. <laughs> they need care too. And so, you know, my practice is built around, I'm a baby boomer. So it's built around baby boomers. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that's one of the challenges that we talk to a lot of chiropractors is that they go after a target market that they think that they should see based on yes. what other people have said. And then it's yes. not, and then they force it. And then that's another yes. burnout because it's kind of like, mm, it's not, I just think I should be doing this. I've, I've done it a number of times in my practice and wasted day, years, hundreds of thousands of dollars, energy, focus, time, travel, all this sort of stuff. Because I said, you know, that's, that looks kind of cool. But when you get into it, you're like, Oh fuck. I don't, I don't want to do that, man. Yeah. It takes me away from, yeah. So it's a beautiful, shiny thing over there. Yeah. But, and I know guys who fantastic, man, Don, if you want to do that, go, go fricking be a master of that. Here's my bullseye right there. I'm a genius of that, that tiny little piece right there. I'm a genius of that. Right. And so I tell you that's, that's a tough thing to do because you see a lot of really big, shiny, uh, you know, bells and whistles out there and you, you get attracted by that and you're like, Oh, I gotta go do that. And you're like, Oh man, here I go again. Well, I think that's such a good lesson for chiropractors out there. I've been out in practice basically 20 years as well, is that nobody can tell you how to practice or what you should do. You really need to figure it out on yourself. And, and Brandy's always so great about that. That's, that's the difference between information and wisdom. And information is information we take in and wisdom is doing it and seeing the results and seeing, does that make our heart sing? <laughs> you know, absolutely. And, you know, I, I, I coach, I, I would say I mentor, I mentor young docs and students. Yeah. And I always say, please learn because I have, I've wasted more time, money than, than you've ever had. I've wasted the money. I said, learn from this. I know you want to go up here, but don't take a left up there. I know you, I take a left. It'll save you. You look back a year later, two years, five years later and say, man, I'm glad I took that left-hand turn. Um, one student came into my, um, they, they, go to the, they go to Corton State University. They, they do the pre-chiropractic program there on their way to chiropractic college. And so they typically send these students to me to meet chiropractor and to um, shadow them. So I never let students shadow me. I always sit down, have a cup of coffee with them initially, get to know them. Then if they want to, they can do a 15-week internship in my practice. In that time, they have to get a research article every week, you know, find a research article. They have to accumulate uh, a binder of information for themselves. They have to present the information to me. They have to tell me what they think it means. We talk about that. That's and, awesome. then and then their final in my practice is they have to do a, a new patient workshop and they have to bring their own friends in to do the uh, workshop. Um, and one young lady was going to go to a college which is near me, I won't say what it is, a chiropractic college near me. And I said, so what do you want to do in practice? And she says, well, I want to uh, have a clinic in which uh, I'm the lead of it. And then I have other docs or healthcare practitioners below me. I said, so why are you getting your DC? Why don't you just go to get your MBA? Just get, you know, go to business school. And she stopped and said, 
I said, don't go to chiropractic college. I said, you're going to be wasting three, four years. I said, if that's what you want to do, get your MBA, get your business degree, and then learn how to run a business like that. And she said, I said, I don't think you should go to chiropractic college. And she's, and now she tells a story of she's like so disillusioned. I said, I'm just telling you the truth. I said, it's yeah. not my, I said, as much as my job is this to promote chiropractic, it's also my job to push people away from it also. And um, I said, by the way, in the college you want to go to, you're going to it because it's close to your home and it's not the best fit for you. I said, I'd re recommend you go to these two other colleges, which are in, uh, in farther south in America, I'll say. <laughs> and, uh, and we're so, big, so we're she, bigger supports of like, is that like Life or Sherman or something like that? Because I'm, I'm yes. Like, I've been, I, I'm, I'm a super supporter of those guys. So no worries. We can do that on the show. <laughs> Absolutely. And so she went to one of them. Uh, now she's found her gang and uh, she's hanging out with Tony Ebel and learn how to help kids who are on the spectrum. Awesome. Uh, and, and so she's found her gang and I laugh every night cause she'll tell her story from her point of view and uh, like how mean I was to her. I was like, that was it. But she said, I'm so glad he pushed me to do this because if I hadn't, she goes, she wouldn't be here. She'd be practicing some other way and be massively unhappy and probably very unsuccessful in practice. And that's hilarious because uh, anytime you have a driver personality, we call alpha in our program or in my book. And uh, anytime you have a lab or, a, or an amiable personality and, a, and a alpha tells you the truth, you think it's mean. <laughs> Brandy gets that all the time. It's just the truth. Absolutely. I, I got to tell you, I'm not, a, I'm not a driver by any means. I'm not a driver by any means. I'm the most amiable person you'll meet in your life. It's just that every now and then I, I have to put the cape on. That's what I call put on the cape. Yeah. Is that what's the difference between Clark Kent and Superman? Well, it's a pair of glasses and a cape, and that's all it is. And so uh, you put yourself in situations when you have to go put the cape on. So when I go do speaking at, you know, wherever it is, I, I put the cape on. And, uh, and that's the guy on stage is going to be different than the guy you're going to meet, you know, later on at the bar. That's cool. Well, that's, well, let's go to the, the other part. That's kind of interesting because when I met you too, just, well, but maybe it's part of the New York culture too because uh, like New Yorkers are a little bit more um, assertive especially than Canadians. <laughs> so, so, so as being an amiable, um, tell me about some of the challenges you've had with worrying about what other people think, especially as a chiropractor or just in general life. My whole practice for years, Don, was built upon my insecurities. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, not, and being afraid of telling the truth to people, being afraid because I'm afraid of what they would think about me, uh, being afraid of, of speaking in public, although I have a gift for doing that. I got... I got no problem. You want me to come to Canada and speak in front of, I don't care how many. Okay. I got no problem. How long do I have? What do you want me to speak on? Boom. I'll be there. It'll, it'll rock. Got no problem whatsoever. It's not that I'm not, it's not that I'm not nervous doing that. It's just that I also understand that if I want success, I got to get out of my own way and get over my own fears because success is on the other side of the fears. And so, um, Amy Bo, I thought for years I was concerned about what people thought about me. And by the way, I still do. Yeah. It's just that now I don't really give a shit about it. Um, right. And so now I have to get over that. And so for years, I, I didn't want to piss people off. Uh, I wouldn't say stuff to, I wouldn't tell them the truth. And so I tell people now, Don, as a practice member and as your, as your trust advisor in chiropractic, I, I'm going to give you one guarantee. It's not that you're going to get better. It's just I'm going to tell you the truth about stuff. And they look at me and they say, well, why wouldn't you? I said, no, I'm going to tell you the truth. If you're not getting better, I'm going to, tell you, I'm going to ask you why. And we're going to talk about this all. And we'll talk about this. Mm -hmm. For years, I didn't do that because I was afraid of what people would think about me. I didn't, I didn't market myself in ways I thought was going to be 
uh, proactive because I was afraid of what people might think about me, what they might say about me. And to the point where you fail enough, where you say, F it, I got to go tell go just go do this and let the chips freaking just fly where they're going to go. Cause I think i I think I, I went through the exact same thing, but, and I think I finally got to the point where I became aware that it's actually far more painful to not tell the truth and hold it all in and, and see kind of train wrecks happen in front of you all the time, rather than just address it up front. It's just kind of, it's like, it's like not being able to delay gratification with acceptance. <laughs> Absolutely. I've, you know, what, what's more painful, uh, putting together an ad that tells the truth of what you can do or not paying your, your rent. Yeah, totally. I've done, I've had, I've done both. I've done both. Um, I've done the point where I was like, holy crap, I don't know if I can pay rent this month. And um, you look at that versus, oh, I'm going to talk to a group of, you know, a hundred people and I'm going to tell them about chiropractic and I'm going to tell them this is what, how we're going to be able to help them and optimize them. And some people are going to think I'm a freaking witch. And some people, the vast majority of them are going to say, where have you been my whole freaking life? How come you didn't, how come you didn't tell anybody about this? You've been in this town for 10 years. And you didn't tell anybody about this. I've had people would get mad at me for that. Also, why didn't you tell anybody? Well, yeah. why were you telling anybody, buddy? And uh, you look at it and go like, Whoa, I kind of screwed the pooch on that one. Didn't I? Totally. I think uh, one of my mentors, Dr. Jill Marsh got a lecture one time and somebody told to him said, what gives you the right to hold back that information that can help? thousands of people what gives you the right to hold that back <laughs> absolutely absolutely if if you if you could tell people by the way when you turn that knob your house is going to blow up would you tell them that would you by the way your house is going to blow up when you turn the knob that when the when the red mark up here it's at 12 o'clock you turn to three your house will blow up and by the way it might not blow up right away but yeah. it's going to blow up sooner or later it will blow up would you ever tell anybody that? And you're like, well, yeah, of course I tell it. Well, I'm going to tell you the same freaking thing about your health. I'm going to tell you about your optimization and about the way you're going to be able to relate with humans, with humans and yourself for the next freaking 60 years. Would you be interested in me telling that? And they say, yeah. <laughs> and they get overwhelmed by it because they, they, they're like, holy crap. But it's the same exact thing. 100%. Now, now that leads into the next conversation I wanted to have with you was um, – about your interest in, in heart rate variability, because I saw that on Facebook. It seems like um, you, with your new interest, that, well, your interest that you said you developed over time in neurology and you've been studying stuff like a maniac and then you've been studying more stuff on HRV. Tell me a little bit about how that interest started and where it's kind of come to. Uh, first of all, I'm not a um, uh, neuroscience kind of a guy. <clears throat> I don't speak well with that. I know a shitload about it. Um, but I'm not, you know, I'm not Dan Murphy by any kind of means, but I, I love it because if we're going to talk nerve, then sooner or later we got to show nerve yeah. and we, we got to show some kind of objective results or objective testing that you have. Mm -hmm. I don't get paid by CLA to say, say these things, but I've had the insight substation since 2005 or something like that. Um, something like that. And so I've been using it for 13 years and I have to show if once again, this is my evolution of what I'm going to do. And one of them was I bought that, that system over a decade ago, been using it. I have thousands and thousands and thousands of scans. And if sooner or later, if I'm going to be talking nerve, if I have to be truthful with you and talk nerve about it, I have to be able to show nerve. And so this is the best way for me to show nerve. 
you know, I could do some of the testing like you guys do. I could do the um, vestibular uh, testing, which amazes people. I have them stand on one foot. Uh, I can do other stuff with leg checks, but they don't see that. They can't see that. They can't take that home and show someone. They can't put it on the refrigerator, put it in a three-wing binder and see that. And so I love doing that because, first of all, it's a massively important piece of information. Second of all is, I think that, and I'm going to piss a lot of chiropractors off on this, but so be it, is that I think any information research that we do, which does not promote longevity, immune system greatness, or optimization of them, actually holds chiropractic back. Mm-hmm which means if we have research that shows we're great at low backs, migraines, or any kind of thing, I think it actually takes away from the power of chiropractic because it misses the point of humans are better when they're adjusted. And so the HRV HRV is just a massive, massive piece of information because when HRV is low, your your health sucks and you're going to crash. This is not my opinion. Read the freaking PubMed talk to me, call me up. I'll, I'll show you the PubMed and it's crazy stuff. Um, and, uh, I'm working on a piece, uh, an article with, uh, Dave Russell, who's from New Zealand, um, Australia. Oh, Australia. Yeah. I met, excuse me, New Zealand. Um, yes. Oh, he'll kill me. No, uh, no, he's from, from, Zealand, he's from met, Australia, but he was working in New Zealand, but yeah, totally. Yes. Uh, but I him at the Brewery earlier this year and we met, you know, unusually in the pub downstairs at the hotel. And he said, if you need help with your research, let me know. I'll help you write it. And once again, I'm great at doing this part. He's great at doing that part. And so we're going to have a, an article come out, a case study come out about a woman who had, um, had gone through breast cancer, had gone through the chemotherapy, and she comes out on the other side and they've, they, you know, she's ringing the freaking bell, Don, afterwards. She's got the pink boa on, ringing the bell. Sister, you won, you won, you won. Are you kidding me? She just got her freaking ass kicked by cancer and chemotherapy. She has not won. Right. She to me afterwards and says, I need help with my, uh, I need help. And so we put her through a protocol and we start to, um, uh, through scan the nervous system, the HRV, and uh, we saw her come out on the other side. Her a body, her nervous system was so better for this, and we were able to document this. And so the more I read about this, going back in this, uh, reading more and more about this, is that women who are post, post-breast cancer, what they have done for them, the chemotherapy, the surgeries, and the radiation, actually then set them up for more breast cancer and cardiovascular disease because their body's unable to adapt. And so we're able to see this. And so I think we're going to set a whole new precedent um, in this article. I, oh, I hope it stops some people right in their tracks and said, you guys do what you guys can do. What? It's exactly what I want them to do. Um, so I think it's the coolest stuff ever. Uh, we see a lot of people in my practice, but we test, we scan everybody. And if you don't want to be scanned in my office, then we refer you out. Mm-hmm. And where, where's that um, article going to be published? I'm hoping in um, a cancer, the epidemiology of cancer, or cancer epidemiology, it's an open access um, uh, journal. And so I'm, po- I'm going to put it outside. I'm hoping to put it outside of chiropractic because, you know, we're, we're, we're a tight knit group in chiropractic 
and people are in chiropractic are going to say, that's really cool stuff. I want people outside of chiropractic to go, holy shit. You mean you guys do that stuff and you guys can document it. And uh, so I'm hoping they'll be done. And I'm, I have to, matter of fact, when I'm done with you, I've uh, run two errands and I have to crank on it for another two hours tonight, two hours on Saturday and three hours on Sunday. That's awesome. So anybody out there, uh, get, uh, get friended up with uh, Dr. Otto Jenke on uh, Facebook so that you can, because I'm sure you'll share it when it comes out because that'll be, that'll be pretty cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. And once again, I, I'm hoping it, it stirs people and you start looking at, at what we do, how we do it, and how we can impact lives. And I'm, believe me, I'm all about helping people getting through the aches and pains. I get those people in my office, but I talk to everybody in my practice. I want to be your trusted chiropractic advisor for the next 60 years. I'm 55. I'm not quite sure I'll be around that long, but let's shoot for that. And they say this, okay. No one in my office ever says, ah, no, I don't want to be healthy that long. I don't want, no, that's not what I want to do. They all say, wow, I've never had anybody talk to me about being healthy for the next 60 years. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. I will. And I, I find even though we hold that, that vision for them, that high vision that I want to be your trusted advisor, keep you healthy for the next 60 years, it doesn't mean everybody's going to take it. Like you said, there's still going to be aches and pain people, but no matter what level, we, we still got to meet them at the level that they're at, but we always want to take them to the next level and we need to always hold that vision high for them. Absolutely. So absolutely. And so say, say they want to shoot for on a scale of one to 100, they want to shoot for level 15 because that's where their aches and pains are at. They're 15. I want to shoot for level 100 and I want to fail dramatically. I want to fail dramatically missing 100 and only hit 80 because yeah. I failed dramatically. We're still so far ahead of where they were and the opportunities for them to be greater for the next 60 years. We've opened up that freaking chestnut. We've opened up that chestnut and that's the cool stuff. So here's a, here's a question that I know a lot of people would, would like to ask is when we're holding that vision of 100 for people and as we know, most people come in and only have the vision of 15 or 20. Yep. Um, and over weeks and weeks of, of holding that 100 while they're doing the 15, and then maybe hopefully we get the 80 to 60 or whatever in between. What do you do on a regular basis to make sure you stay strong at 100 and you don't start dropping yours down to like 50 or 60? One is vision. Two is commitment. But three is this. And this is all I talk to students about is communicate, 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 communicate. One of the biggest failures we do in chiropractic is we don't talk enough about how great people can be with, by being adjusted. We dilute it because we think we need to, um, we think we need to appease them and where they're at. And my question always is, Don, how many times does the oncologist lower their 100 with a patient? And the answer is they never freaking do. They never do. If you, have a, if you have a tumor, they're going to say, listen, we're going to do this, this, this. We're going to cut this out and this, this, this. Boom, boom, boom. They never, they never come off that lane. And so I stay with the 100 for all the time. Not everybody wants to do that. By the way, we find that out very, very early on and we refer those people out. And so I'm always at, I want done. My goal for you is to be healthy as possible for the next 60 years. And I talked to you, Don, about the two grandfathers in your future. And which grandfather do you want to be? The one who has, who's sitting in, in the chair with an air tank around him and can't make it to his grandson's uh, wedding? Or do you want to be the grandfather who's there at the wedding, dancing, getting nuts and crazy, going, that's my boy? I said, which one do you want to do? Because one, I can freaking dramatically help you be. The other one, you're going to have to you know, recess yourself into. 
-hmm. And so I give them that option. And I talked about that. And so always, always, always communicate, 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 and don't be afraid to tell the freaking truth to people. They're dying. They're literally dying to hear the truth from you because they've been told bullshit by all the other doctors in life saying, just take this pill, just do this. We're going to cut out this, just do that. And they've been lied to for freaking decades about this. Just tell them the truth. That's awesome. That's cool. Well, we're coming to the, uh, to the end of our time. It's, it's, it's gone by fast. That was a great, great, uh, interview. Zoom! <laughs> now, um, what I like to do is always have the last uh, few minutes open to all my guests to, to share kind of some words of inspiration. We got the underdog nation out there. So some people feel like an underdog. People feel like they're afraid of what other people feel, or a lot of times they don't believe in themselves. They don't feel like they're worthy or they don't feel like they're a very good chiropractor. And, and I was wondering if you just had some kind of, parting words of wisdom you could share with everybody. Is that all that stuff that you talked about before about not feeling worthy, uh, not feeling you're a great chiropractor. I've been through that numbers of times in 26 years. I will be through the waves of that number, number, a number of times in the next 26 years. It's, it's inevitable. Um, every day I think about, of course, you know, if we see a hundred people in a day, I think about the two people who didn't show up or two people who got pissed off. Of course I do. And I, I neglect, I neglect thinking how great I was on 98% of the time. Um, I did it all the time. And I have for 26 years. <laughs> Here's the process you have to get through is that you're given a gift. You're given a gift and allow yourself to use those gifts greatly. And that comes from a quote from Muhammad Ali, which I, I found uh, when I was with the master circle years ago uh, in Louisville at the Muhammad Ali Center. And Ali said that you are given gifts and talents by God. It's your responsibility to use those gifts and talents to the best ability. And I sat one day, and I almost, almost cried to myself saying, I'm not using my gifts and talents. I've denied what my gifts and talents are. And, you know, they might be that you do a great exam on people. Okay. Maybe it's you communicate. Maybe it's you help lead people. Maybe it doesn't, it doesn't matter what your gifts or talents are. Stop denying what they are. Uh, you know, if, if you're seven foot tall and you can dunk the basketball, why are you trying to ride a skateboard? I mean, it's, it's you know, <laughs> go, go dunk a basketball. If yeah. you're great at, at, at communicating chiropractic, then just do it. Don't be afraid to do this stuff because I have, and it, it sucks not, not allowing yourself to play at your best. Well, and I find the other two, if you're amazing at adjusting, but not very good at communicating, because some people are masters at adjusting, but they're not good yes. at communicating, get someone on your team to help communicate, right? So, so kind of find where your strength is and then see where those other, where you can have other people and bring their gifts in to make it a team because we can't do it all by ourselves. Yes. And they have this, they have this thing stuff. It's, it's called the internet now and freaking YouTube and, uh, and you know, I'm on, uh, I, I do two or three different podcasts and, you know, and you can learn so much stuff from everybody. And I listen to so many podcasts. I listen to your pod, I listen to freaking 10 podcasts a week and I inhale the information. And all the time you listen to this, I read a bunch of articles, a bunch of books. Um, and the, the access for your greatness is much closer than you think it is. It's, it's, your access for your greatness is, it has never been closer than it is this day and age. 
That's awesome. And why don't you share it for our listeners out there? Because obviously they're podcast listeners. So maybe share what you, the name of your podcast is and just share it with people where they can find it. So I do one podcast, which is called The Mad Health Podcast with Dr. Otto Janke. Um, in which that one's to the public, in which I, I get pissed off about healthcare. And it's, as you can imagine. And so, uh, yeah, that one's for the public. I have a video cast called A Chiral Rising. That's just for chiropractors, which I talk about research. Um, and that whole focus of that is taking the research of chiropractic and how do you communicate it? Because the, the research is useless if you're unwilling to communicate it. And so I do those on, on a regular basis. And I have a, um, a symposium coming up in the 29th of September, which is called the Empire Longevity Symposium, which I'm getting some great minds together outside of chiropractic. Uh, and it's going to be chiropractic based, but um, outside of chiropractic. And we're going to talk about how we can get Don McDonald to be able to live longer, healthier. Who cares if you're around for the next 60 years, if, you're, you, know, if you can't get up and enjoy your grandson's uh, graduation? And it's our opportunity now to actually extend people's enjoying life. And so, and once again, you cannot do that without a nervous system that freaking rocks. 100%. Is that, it's so positive. Is that online or is that in live? It'll be live and it'll be uh, in, uh, uh, we have a Facebook page, which is uh, the Empire Longevity Symposium. Uh, our website will be up soon. But it's uh, our big speaker that day is Dr. T. Colin Campbell, who wrote the China study and was in Forks Over Knives. But it's, it's, if you want the best of you, you got to do things. But once I call it the pyramid of health. Um, but once again, you cannot do them if a nervous system isn't optimized. So get freaking people optimized and, and allow them to freaking rock. Allow them to. They want to. They want to. <laughs> All right, people. Did you hear that? <laughs> get out there and tell the truth, damn it. Just tell the truth, would you please? <laughs> All right. Well, we covered a lot of great stuff. Staying inspired. Make sure you keep learning and um, get back to the basics. Remember, find out where your target is. And, um, and, and kind of have a ritual to make sure that you're staying on track. So again, Dr. Otto, thank you for being on the podcast. Dr. Don McDonald, if I was any better, I would be as handsome as you, you son of a bitch. <laughs> well, thank you very much. And to all the listeners out there, just like always, get the heck out there and crush the curse. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you receive value from this episode, please take some time to rate and review us on iTunes or your favorite place to listen to podcasts. If you know a fellow chiropractor that could benefit from this message, please share it with them. Because it's my goal to provide you with great content, please contact me if you have any questions at drdonmcdonald.com or find me on Facebook. I look forward to hearing from you. So until next time, Dr. Don out.